Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is Joshua Peach with episode six and I am doing it a couple days early, but I'm not giving it to you until Sunday. Uh, I'm here actually at my corporate office bright and early. I got here about 6.30 this morning because uh, I was really excited to uh, to have a, a guest that I'm honored to have. Uh, I've only known him for a short period of time and the story of it uh, is, is, I think, an interesting one. Um, I don't and haven't talked a lot about my day job, but uh, I was part of a startup and am part of a startup where we continue to be a startup all these 19 plus years later. Uh, but I was part of this startup uh, going back almost 15 years, working closely with our founder. And uh, you'll hear more about my first death date that I was able to avoid here in the upcoming episodes. <clears throat> but uh, 2017 was a crazy year for me. And I uh, uh, was expecting our son Chance uh, in December with my fiance. And the decision was to take me off the road uh, October 31st so that I could be home uh, with my family to welcome the birth of our son and, and be prepared and not be 8,000 miles away. So on October 31st, I left Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, had 176 miles to drive to uh, O'Hare Airport. It was like an episode of the Blues Brothers. I had uh, roughly three hours to uh, drive, drop off my car, get on the plane, get home, <clears throat> and take our son, our 11-year-old son, trick-or-treating. And then on November 1st, we were going to have our company-wide town hall, which is just a quarterly update. And uh, I was excited. I was sad I wasn't going to be able to be at the office in North Carolina. And uh, my founder and uh, friend and person that I trusted uh, opened the town hall with letting us know that he was going to be stepping down as CEO and we were going to have a new CEO uh, and got into talking about who he was and who he is. A little side note to that, uh, our founder, Kent, uh, started another company back in the 80s, which I worked at for a short period of time. And when it was acquired, I was the, uh, the first out the door. So as I've, I've referenced, uh, I, 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 as I referenced on November 1st, uh, I, I felt like at that point I was on borrowed time. But the, the reality of it is, is that uh, I trusted Kent, I trust Kent, and I trust that he makes the right decisions, not just for uh, not just for himself, but for all of us. He started this company to bring all the good dudes um, back online for us to work, make a difference, and do something incredible. So I had to trust in him that he was bringing a new leader on. And uh, I reached out to, to, his name is Ed Rostich, he's going to be speaking here in a second, but uh, I reached out to him and said, welcome aboard, great to meet you. And in the following days, I read his book, I read up on him, uh, asked him a number of questions and realized, hey, this is, uh, this is a pretty interesting cat. He's got, some, uh, he's got some great history, he's got some great knowledge, he's done a lot of incredible things for the company he's worked with. Let's ride this thing and let's see what's going to happen. And I have to say that uh, learned a ton so far, but one of the things that happened a couple days ago was was uh, something that he shared with our sales team, and we'll get into it. But uh, I'm going to say hello to Ed and 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 ask him to just give a few words about you know who he is, where he is, where he's been, what he wants to do in life, uh, what his sign is, whatever he wants to say, <laughs> and then we'll get into some some good questions here. 
Awesome. Uh, thanks for having me in front of Awesome Nation, Peach. It's uh, it's cool to be here with you and a big fan of yours as well. Uh, you know, really delighted uh, to be uh, the, the head dude, I guess, uh, it, here at Dude Solutions. Um, it's been a, a great nine months, uh, great people, uh, a noble uh, sort of set of solutions, lots of possibility ahead. Um, as you know, my wife and I uh, moved from uh, Mendocino area, California, uh, to take this role. Um, they tell me that there were uh, 249 people they evaluated ahead of me, and I guess I was the only one that said yes. So uh, here I am. Well, that's great, and, and we're glad that you did say yes uh, and, and that you're here with us. You know, but something that I find out about, that I've learned about you is, and I don't like using the word humble, I don't know why, but you don't, a lot of leaders that have accomplished incredible feats and done a lot of things, put themselves up on this pillar of, of, of the top and, and their importance and who they are and what they've done and what they've accomplished. They're, they're kind of me people. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're not a me person at all. But I really think it's important to, to, uh, to, to share, you know, you've been with a couple of companies and you've made uh, your team and you have made a positive impact for probably thousands of families, you know, employees, and then, you know, those clients. I mean, when we look at um, the dude, you know, we're we're just under seven hundred employees. You're being the the leader of this, uh, le- leading the the ship, if you will. You get seven hundred families. Average family size in the United States is right around four. I think they like to try to throw numbers around like three point seven and all that stuff. And I'm like, where's the point seven of the kid? But We'll say, you know, we'll say four, that's 2,800 people positively impacting in this building that turn around to the 11,000 clients that have 2 million people that log in every day. The impact is huge. You know, what, tell us, what, what's your history and yep. what, you know, how much have you uh, turned turned around, brought up, built up and, and done, would you say, over the course of your career? Yeah, no, I, um, you stole some words right out of my mouth, like, um, my job, uh, the, the, whoever's in that box, um, you know, has uh, so many stakeholders depending on him or her to, to uh, you know, carry. You know, it's not just the, the employees and their families. Um, it's not just our, our direct users, but it's the, you know, when you think about what the dude does, you know, we touch pretty much every American's life. Everybody goes to school. Everybody uses government services at some point. We're all born in hospitals. Some of us die there or in senior living homes. And, and then, you know, every, last time I checked, everybody used something that was manufactured. So we touch everybody. Um, I also have, uh, you know, a lot of other stakeholders that I'm responsible for as a CEO. Um, you know, our investor teams, and a lot of people like to demonize investors, but those, those investors are actually just point tips on a spear for um, – pension funds, you know, uh, Washington State Teachers Association, New York City Police Department pension fund. You know, those are the people that are actually behind, you know, investors. And my job is to make sure that your parents, my parents, grandparents, uh, that the the investments and pensions and things like that, you know, I I take that uh, very seriously. I have been uh, probably one of the luckiest guys on the face of the planet career-wise. You know, sure, I work hard. I'm probably not the smartest guy on the planet, but you know, work hard, but uh, luck has played a huge factor. You know, I was really lucky to get involved in technology by accident um, as I was coming up through the military. Um, you know, then I got <laughs> I got so lucky to, to ride the uh, internet, local and wide area networking craze. You know, I, I was a, 
I was part of a team that was reselling Cisco Systems when they were a $90 million company and you know rode that wave and then got involved with software. Um, I, again, I've been part of teams uh, uh, my whole career and we've done some really awesome things. Uh, you know, uh, you know, certainly, you know, from a evaluation standpoint, you know, probably helped create, you know, three billion to four billion dollars worth of value uh, for for people. But probably the most important thing is the number of people that um, I've been fortunate enough to work with, influence, who have influenced me and and you know, at this point in my career um, hey, don't stop paying me, guys. But um, you know, it's more about how many people can I touch in a positive way. I wake up every morning thinking about that. Yeah, and uh, you wake up pretty early, and uh, <laughs> you, I think you probably stay up pretty late. I've seen a couple of your uh, your sleep trends when we talk about kind of comparing notes when I'm traveling around and in different time zones, and we'll see send a message, and it seems like you're uh, you're always up. Um, I want to get into the eight points here, but one thing that I think is worth sharing is you're, you're 54. 54, 54 years old, um, and you are one of a handful of, uh, and I, I'm going to get the word wrong, so I'm just going to call you a mega, ultra, fantastic, super <laughs> national running champion. Like You've run incredibly long distances in a short amount of time. You're actually doing one coming up. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, and and and, and I, I believe the story is you you weren't always a, a naturally gifted no. runner. Um, so tell us a little bit of your journey with the running, and then we can get into the to the eight points. Yeah, um, I, I think you, uh, you you gave me a label that I don't deserve there for sure. Um, but uh, I uh, I do do ultra marathons, and and uh, ultra marathons for me are like 200 mile races. 250 mile races. I got one coming up uh, through a swamp called the Swamp Fox 215 here in November. That you know, I got to get 215 miles through some swamp um, in 72 hours with no crew and no aid stations. So we'll see how that goes. But I actually, um, uh, it's a great story. I was uh, 35, um, probably weighed uh, 40 or 50 pounds more than you see me today, and I started climbing up a stair. And um, I got to the first flight of the stairs and was like, <gasps> you know, uh, just out of breath. And I was like, shit, dude, you're 35. You shouldn't be out of breath um, climbing a flight of stairs. So the very next day, um, no kidding, uh, started walking. Then I started running. And then I, I did a 5K and then a 10K and then a half marathon. And I think it was uh, year 2000 might have been 1999 it all blends together now I did my first marathon and thought it was pretty hot stuff walked into the office the next day you know bragging about how I just did this 26 miles and one of the guys looked up at me sort of bored looking and he's like uh uh you think you're pretty hot don't you running a marathon I was like yeah I got it under four hours pretty cool and he's he's like well um it's not really cool unless you put a, a 2.4 mile swim in front of it, 112 miles of uh, biking. I was like, what is that? He goes, oh, that's Ironman triathlon. I was like, I'm going to do one of those. I'm going to do it in six months. He looked at me like I was crazy. Um, ten, ten Ironmans later, um, yeah, I got uh, where that wasn't getting me high enough anymore from endorphins. And so I, I got into ultra running and you know, had a, I've had a pretty good career um, in that, you know, uh, uh, finished first and uh, run across Georgia one year, a couple of years ago, and tried to run across the country in 2012 and, uh, you know, uh, training up for this other thing coming up. 
That's that's incredible. I uh, I rode an electric scooter yesterday five miles and I got tired. <laughs> so um, I think I might need to start thinking about doing something for uh, for for my for myself for my health. Anybody but, uh, can do it. Actually, it's just mind over matter. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. So (laughs) (laughs) I took that from Dr. Seuss, I think. But, uh, you know, the reason for me wanting to do this podcast with you was you opened up our sales meeting uh, here on Wednesday, and you did something really different from from most uh, meetings that I've been to where a leader started. You you didn't do anything with any numbers or spreadsheets or, or facts and figures and all this stuff. You talked with the sales and marketing uh, team and our, our application engineers about the eight points to being in the top one percent of performance in, in sales and 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 you know kind of focused on that. And as I was sitting there watching and listening to you kind of go over it, it, it was just clicking over and over again that hey, this is this is everything. This is everybody. These these bullet points aren't just for. For this room, this, these bullet points are for everybody. As a matter of fact, I, if I, I'm going to put it in a chapter of my book, I'll title it Ed's Chapter. But <laughs> these are these are really powerful points, and I'm, I'm hoping we can go over them. Yeah. Um, and and you give a little bit more more depth and detail mm-hmm. to it. So the first one is understanding the value of your time, mm-hmm. and, and you did it in regards to you know as far as business, but I think as as in personal life, not putting a dollar amount, but putting a value emotion yep. amount. You know, how much do you want to invest in, in something personally and what's it gonna what's the payout gonna be? Not not financially. I mean, yeah. My my closest, what do you think? Is there is there a tie that you can do there? A- a- absolutely. Um, you and I and everybody else, uh, all ten or eight billion people on the planet start off with um, fourteen hundred and forty minutes a day. And you know, whether it's income or relationships or number of people um, that you want to influence or what have you, you only got 1,440 minutes to do it. So in the frame of, of sales, you know, I tried to say, look, if you want to make X amount of money a year, how much is every minute of that time worth? You know, I, I pulled up a number and, you know, just for fun, you know, say a sales rep wants to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, every minute of a 40-hour week is worth something like a dollar sixty-seven. So you have to constantly be evaluating um, how you're spending that dollar sixty-seven, um, and is it worth it? And you know, with me, and and um, you know, I hate talking about me, but like I look at every minute of my day, and you know, I hey, screw off, just like everybody else does in a lot of a lot of ways. But uh, I'm asking myself constantly, is this a good use of my time? Am I getting my dollar sixty-seven out of this minute? And um, it, you know, I think if a lot of people looked at that 1440 and how much is it worth either with the relationships or or dollar value hey that uh that uh uh episode of you know housewives of south toledo or whatever you're watching on tv is it did that pay off for you would that dollar 67 worth of minute be better off spent reading a story to your kid um, donating time to a charity putting your nose into a book or listening to a, a great podcast like awesome be awesome uh, I don't know yeah yeah I, I'd even dig a little bit deeper with that and I would say that your, your 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 time when you get into the weeds with things is that a proper value or proper use of your time I, I know my parents um, would say you know when I would when I would do something they guess is that a good use of your time and when you find yourself 
you know, and I'm, I talk about this, and I'm going to talk about it a million more times. Um, I've, I've been, I've removed myself or, or been removed from every social media local page, I think, in my town, with the exception of two that are that are good and vanilla ones. But, you know, you get into these, these places in social media where there are these rooms or groups or whatever you want to call them, and there's, there's this comment made, and it's, uh, uh, I give the great example of there's one in my town that was talking about uh, a fee for parking. You know, there was going to be this fee for parking, and the school committee was going to approve it, and it was going to be $400 or whatever the amount was. And there were 389 comments all revolving around this fee for parking that there was no factual basis. Mm. It wasn't instituted. It wasn't put into play. It was a discussion point. And everybody was just getting on this and talking about it. And when I looked at it, and one of the reasons why I pulled myself from this room was I looked at the time of this, and it was hours. Hours. It was yep. hours of people making comments and looking at it and going, oh, I don't think this or I think that. And, you know, I, I'm not saying don't do it, but if you do it and at the end of the day you say, I didn't get enough done, well, maybe you need to do a little self-looking and say, hey, what did I do today and how did I do it and what did it look like and what could I do differently to maybe get a little bit more totally. done? Um, and that we're getting a lot of people getting stuck on that. You're hearing about, you know, addiction to social media. You're hearing about, you know, depression and all these things. And people focused on this. And uh, I think that that's a huge part of, you know, where I say, you know, understanding the value of your time. Is that where your time's best spent with dealing with family and doing that yep. stuff? So. I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, and it's, you know, the social media stuff, like, I don't know about you, but I I'm now to the point where I only follow people that add positive stuff into my into my uh, brain, which contains software, right? Um, and you know whether it's the food you put in your body or or the thoughts you read or whatever, it's like you can really lose yourself if you get stuck into that social media stuff. Yeah, it's a rut that you can get into, yeah. and, and it's hard to get out. And I know that there were parts of time that I would get really upset and. And, uh, and and I even probably bought into it. I probably and I know I've made a couple of comments on why I removed or was removed from some of these from some of these group settings. And you're right. It's it's it's. I've done. I think the biggest greatest achievement for me to get into this. And I was talking about this with Brian Andreco the other day. Was I'm never going to say that I was a pillar of positivity my whole life. This really. And I'm and I still have bad days and bad times, just like anybody else yep. now. Um, but the biggest and greatest achievement to get me moving in the right direction has been in the last three years, becoming a, a, the motivational speaker and the public speaker and doing all these things and learning a lot, is that I've removed the toxicity, a lot of the toxicity in my life, negative people, negative thoughts, negative things, negative comments. And when you do that, you now have so much more open space. Yep. And it's all, totally. it's, it's, it's a wide open and it's a lot happier. And, uh, and that's the, the biggest thing that I could go on, on, uh, on that point. The next one, we're going to kick it up to PG 13. I've okay. done a pretty good job of, of keeping the language down. So, uh, parents, if you got your kids listening to this one, it's going to be some swear words, but that's, <laughs> that's this episode. Might have a couple more. Uh, but this is bullet two. Don't bullshit yourself. Yeah. Let's dig into that. We live in a world uh, where we, where it's really easy to bullshit yourself, and you know, social media adds to that. But you know, the the context I use with the sales team uh, is 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 pretty pretty applicable to life. You know, salespeople like to bullshit themselves on where where opportunities sit, how big their pipe sales pipelines are, the last conversation they had. You know, they put rose colored glasses on. You know, we call them happy years in the business when they're when they want to hear what they want to hear from a prospect. But we all do that with our life, right? 
Uh, I'm going to have four slices of pizza. It won't matter because I'll exercise tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Um, you know, this relationship's working for me. Uh, maybe it isn't, uh, but you bullshit yourself into believing that it is. And if you are not careful, you can bullshit yourself into mediocrity. And, you know, I do, hey, I'm not perfect. There's there's uh, Achilles heels uh, in my thinking, just like anybody else's. But every day I try to evaluate what I did before, the day before, or, or the night I try to evaluate what I did during the day and try to identify like, man, where wasn't I rational? Where wasn't I pragmatic? Where was I bullshit myself today? Am I just, you know, am I just hearing what I want to hear? And the more you can do that, um, the more you can get to the truth of the matter, the faster you can start fixing stuff. And, you know, at the corporate level, we do the same thing. Like um, one of the, uh, the, the things I'm, uh, as part of this team we're trying to get done is like learning to trust each other with, with bad information, right? Or uh, information that's not so rosy or thoughtful or neg- uh, it might be negative. Because as soon as we can identify, hey, um, you know, that spark plug down in the second floor isn't firing the way we need it to. Let's figure out why that is versus trying to cover it up. You get stuff fixed faster. Exposing reality, exposing truth, getting rid of the bullshit, um, you, you get more done. Yeah, that's uh, about, it's about as good as you could put it. I, you know, the, the bullshit yourself for me, uh, I would say that uh, a, a large part of my life I had a level of arrogance, uh, mm. an ego. Um, I felt like even though I, I didn't have a, a great education background, I felt that I had the street smarts. And there, there was a long part of my life that I felt like I knew it all. And I told myself that. I basically was like, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, twisted steel sex appeal, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do any wrong. And, and I did a lot wrong. Um, but I had a failure to really listen to people because I kept telling myself that I was right. And what I found in the last number of years is that I need to be open, more open-minded. I need to listen more. I need to get people in my life around me. And, and you know, I've got a a handful of folks that, like I say in every episode, I don't edit, I don't do anything. This is a one-take shot. Uh, but I've got a handful of people in my life, four, um, that I trust implicitly that I send this podcast to. And I say, to be open, be honest, tell me how it is. And I'm going to take that as how how it is. And mm-hmm. not don't sugarcoat it. Don't say, hey, it's great. And I give the example of like, you know, you go over to someone's house for dinner and the answer is always, it's great. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, you're trying to figure out how to feed the food under the table with a dog, you know? <laughs> exactly. so, so, but having people in your life that are going to be open to tell you this stuff yep. so that you don't get to bullshit yourself because no one's, you, you got people around you that are, aren't going to let you. Exactly. They're going to tell you, hey, that was stupid and you need to understand it and do it in a way that, that that's a lesson that, learned. That's totally right. I find myself, it, you, you nailed a, a thought pattern I've had for a while. Like the, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything and the more I need to surround myself with people that will tell me um, where I'm goofing up. And I've actually now gotten into the point where with either, you know, here at, at the team at Dude, at home and other places, I'm like, I'm always asking like, where, how's my thinking screwed up on there? Where am I screwed up? Please be brutal. Tell me, tell me that was the stupidest fudging idea <laughs> that you've heard this week, please. And uh, man, you get to, you get, if you can do that in a disarming way and actually get the truth out of people, um, it steers you uh, much faster. Um, I don't want to take too much more time on this question because I know you got a few things, but like I have a, a silent shopper group here at The Dude where there are people that will never be exposed, but um, whenever I do or think about some idea 
or need to have a very sensitive topic introduced to the team, I send this deck out or the email out and I'm inviting brutality. Like, guys, tell me how this is going to be, um, you know, this is a fail. Tell me about this idea. Help me make it better. And um, I, uh, I have avoided blowing my legs off, you know, at least 15 times in the last nine months by using that group because they're not bullshitting me. Open honesty. That's good stuff. Um, bullet three, constant forward motion. Yep. That which is in motion stays in motion. And that, when you talked about it, it didn't, it, it wasn't that the constant forward motion always had to be, you know, uh, effective and, 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 and engaged and, and working all the time, but it was just a constant, you know, keep keeping things going, keeping yourself moving, getting to the next piece mm -hmm. of whatever that is what do you what do you got on that yeah i think a couple of things you know first um uh cfm constant forward motion is something you hear a lot in the uh in the ultra running community just keep moving man one step ahead just keep keep uh keep down the trail and um you'll eventually get there and i've i've used that um in my life a lot just keep moving forward keep plowing forward no matter how bad or good you feel that day um, I had a very, you know, I don't know if about you, but I've had two or three very instrumental people in my career, and one of them was a guy named Bob Sawalski, who was the CEO of uh, Blackbaud uh, when I was there. And he had this saying, it's like, better to wear out than rest out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that stuck with me as like, okay, uh, that's a constant forward motion statement. Um, a lot of people get paralyzed. Um, they don't know what to do, or they, they, uh, they, they get paralyzed by per wanting to be perfect, or or hey let's just one more data point or one more conversation and you know that turns from one day to a week to a month three months later nothing gets done whereas if you took an action move it forward uh, you move something forward move the ball forward there's an 85 percent chance you're right and the other 15 percent you'll fix later but you've you've moved the ball yeah no doing nothing gets you nothing 100 percent of the time yep. so that's uh, that's great and that's i'm going to borrow that uh, better to wear out than rust out that's a that's a great one uh the next one which is which has got a, a farming connotation to it was a little bit you definitely uh, lined up more with sales but i'm thinking about it and i've got a couple of thoughts on this one but love to hear you which is uh, which was a great uh, a great line by the way for each ear of corn you harvest plant two seeds you know, when we were talking about it in the sales world, it was, you know, when you're making a sale or when you have a sale, you got a new client uh, coming on board that you're helping. Make sure you have two more that you're working with because just a lot of numbers, you know, you need to have more more that you're working on than you're, than you're getting because you're going to lose some yep. uh, to time, effort, people, whatever. Um, but, you know, that, that could go a long ways with a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you think about that? Where, 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 where do you get that? Uh, you know, what is that? Where does that come from? Yeah, so um, uh, I, I actually stole that. I steal everything. I don't have any original <laughs> thoughts on my own. But this one came uh, from a guy named Bill Courier, um, who uh, was a top sales rep at one of the companies I worked with uh, many years ago. And I, I was recently promoted uh, at that time to a sales manager. And, you know, Bill uh, was like the top rep for like 10 years running. We had this big worldwide wrestling federation belt with his name on it in the year and all that. And so... Uh, when I got promoted to manager, I wanted to sit down with him. I was like, dude, you know, what, what's your secret? And uh, he looked at me and, and paused for a second, and he opened up his desk drawer. And back then we had, like, manila folders with papers and stuff on it. And he goes, these are uh, orders I haven't turned in yet. 
and I, I just, you know, my, my jaw hit the ground, like my whole brain, Sandbag. all five brain, <laughs> my whole five, all five of my brain cells screeched to a halt. I was like, you got orders that you haven't turned in yet? And he goes, yep, I don't turn in an order until I get two more bona fide prospects in my pipeline, because what I don't want to have is that boom bust cycle in my sales pipeline. And now, so uh, that's stuck with me, not only from a sales perspective, as you say, with life, like when you get one project done, have two more ideas behind it that you're starting to execute on. And, you know, so like with me, you know, I've got a, uh, I don't like talking about me, but like uh, I'm constantly moving, constant forward motion around that idea. You know, I got another book that I'm almost uh, done writing. Um, my daughter and I have uh, started a small uh, sports apparel um, idea. Um, you know, I probably got five or six other ideas that I'm beginning parts of executing on because when I get done with one, I want to have two or three more in the hopper that keep me moving. Yeah, leave, leave complacency for when you're in the box and you're underground, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, um, you know, that uh, I heard it on a podcast and it also came up at the, uh, uh, at the sales meeting that owning the dash idea. You know, you got a birth date, you got an end date, um, and the only thing you got in the middle that you can control is that dash. So owning that dash is so important, and having enough stuff to keep it moving forward is uh, is critical. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that brings us into the next one, which uh, is go find a prospect in the business world and sales world. That's finding a, a new friend, a new new potential client, someone that we can work with and that we can help and make a difference on. And I and I and I use the word friend because. I think it's important for us, again, going into that social media, going into today's world that's changed so much uh, mm-hmm. dramatically over the number of years. I mean, selfie pictures. I was thinking about this the other day. Everybody takes selfies, but if you, you know, you and I are, are close to age. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, but growing up, you know, and, and cameras were expensive for the day, but you had no problem walking up to a complete stranger, handing them your camera and asking them to take a picture of you and your yeah. loved one or your family or whatever. And just that mindset mentality of the self, the, the asking asking a stranger to take a piece of your property, trusting them to take a great picture that you had to take to a photo mat to get developed. I mean, we could have these people taking pictures for us and we could see if we like it or not and ask them to take another picture. Yet we, have, we actually have a stick that you can buy yeah. to better improve your ability to take a picture of yourself. Um, so go finding a prospect. I think we need to really step up our game in going out and finding new people, meeting strangers, talking to them, engaging, interacting. That's something I love to yeah. do. I try to I try to positively impact one person a day and just me and that it could be just a laugh it could be a discussion it could be i was having fun with uh one of the one of the blackjack dealers lee last night had a great time we're laughing for uh for a good 10 15 minutes made a difference in the day remember their name you know that's huge so you know go find a prospect that's my take on it that's my personal my personal thing on uh on that what do you think well i think you nailed it and you're uh you know i'm sure you've heard this a hundred times but you're you're like a pro at this i like uh I'm always fascinated with the few at at bats I've had with you where, you know, within two seconds, you're the barista's best friend or, you know, the the Uber driver is sending you pictures of his kids and, um, you know, asking you deep questions about life. I mean, you're awesome at that, but you're so right. Like, um, you know, that old adage, you know, you're the... uh, the, the uh, average of the f- top, you know, of the five people you spend most time with uh, or the books you read or the, the things you, you involve yourself in and constantly upgrading, finding a new prospect to make it, um, make your life even better. 
um, you know, I think that's right. And you, you kill that. Well, I appreciate it. It's for me, it's fun. And, and, uh, I always talk about genuine authenticity of, of caring. And, and that's, you know, when we talked about sales and, and we talk about salespeople and I made a comment and I said, you know, a very high percentage of salespeople aren't that good. Um, I think I used the word suck and, and, uh, <laughs> And, and, and that's because they don't genuinely care and understand and appreciate what they're doing. And I believe that it doesn't matter what you do, if you believe in it and if you're passionate about it, whatever it is, then that, that just oozes out and, and, and it's easy. And, yep. and, 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 you know, work's always going to be hard, I get it, but if you, if it's, if, if you love it, then it's, 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 it's easy on your soul and you're able to... Uh, push that out, and you never know what that connection is going to be. Um, who you talk to, that Uber driver, which I didn't get pictures of, but I made a friend with an Uber driver last night. He's a great guy, um, but you never know who that person knows, how they might be able to uh, help you in some way, give you a ride down the road, whatever it is. Um, every person in this world's got something to give, and it could just be a smile, and, yep. and you need to take it. You're so right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out an audible. We got two left here. I know why. I think I know why you put this in, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit. I'm gonna go to your last one. Okay. And then I'm gonna leave the last one for my own my own personal purpose of doing health, family, insanity. That's yep. that that was the last on your list for good purpose, good reason. Um, we heard the health about your stairs. I, I'm, 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 I was sitting there when you were talking about it. I'm like, I'm more than 40 to 50 pounds overweight. Uh, my, my story, I was, I was uh, um, very thin for a long time. Uh, it was 30, uh, what was it? It was two, May of 2008, I guess. I was up in uh, Ontario, Canada. Up by, I think I was up by Kitchener, uh, which is a couple hours from yeah, Toronto. Yeah. And uh I was at a conference and I and I felt really I felt really sick. I actually, was on the treadmill. I think I ran. It was the first time I ran like almost five miles in a long time. I was feeling good. Um, went up to my room and immediately just started to feel kind of sick. And I thought maybe it was too much of a run or something. Um, got worse, got worse. I had a temperature of a hundred and something. Uh, I got in my car, drove back to Toronto, got on a plane, flew home, and told Amy that I wasn't feeling well. And went to, um, drove myself to the hospital uh, and ended up having severe pneumonia. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I went through a chain of events. I ended up, uh, the medication they gave me, gave me episcleritis in my eyes. They found something in my lungs and uh, I had uh, something called sarcoidosis, which resembles lung cancer significantly. Oh so you gosh. have to go through all this stuff. And over the course of this couple months, I gained a bunch of weight. Um, and through, you know, discouragement, difficulty, work, macaroni and cheese for my son that he never finished and I really like macaroni and cheese <laughs> who does you know right yeah <laughs> I mean that stuff is fantastic right some bacon yeah. on it oh got a party oh my god now I'm going home two boxes Amy make sure it's ready please two boxes with bacon because uh, what goes good with bacon bacon and everything um, but I really thought about that the other day and I was sitting there saying you know I really need to do something because it, your health really ties in with everything else. Yep. Um, and then family, how it's important. And family doesn't need to be blood. No. You know, one of those things about uh, I'm going to teach and share and learn and discuss. But, you know, family isn't blood. My father that I refer to that I talk about that I was in business with, he's my stepfather. He's the only father I know. He's my dad. And, uh, and, and no blood relation tied to there. So... You know, family are the people that you trust, in my opinion. They're the people that you trust. They're the people that are always going to be there. The people that are going to dig deep when they need you, when Absolutely. you need them to. And, and everybody's got some form of family 
to them. We're not all dealt a hand that's, that's perfect and it's not the Partridge family, but we all have people in our life. We just need to look to them and we need to look past that, you know, well, it's my blood relative. I get some blood relatives that, uh, that, I, don't, that I don't talk to, I don't see. My, my, my biological father for one, and that's, that's okay. Uh, but I have other people in the bullpen that are great there for me. So that family is, is vitally important. Totally. And then sanity. Um, you know, this world is, is an ever crazy, getting crazier place. And this Be Awesome movement and an effort is to just try to touch just even one person. I mean, that was a, the start of this. I talked about the business, the, the business plan that I put together and said, Be Awesome Business Plan. Make a difference. Uh, make a difference in people's lives and, and uh, there was a couple of bullet points but it didn't have anything to do with money it just made make a difference and make some positive impact because we're dealing with so many people that are um, getting down getting depressed feeling like there's no no reason no purpose no need whatever and and that's sad because they're great people mm-hmm. um, so you know this health family insanity was right on the button of what we all should strive and look forward to does that mean we all run out go out and run an ultra marathon no does it mean I should probably be a little bit more conscious on the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here with my uh, salted caramel mocha hot brew, cold brew, whatever it is from Starbucks that was probably 600 calories? Yeah, I should probably look at that a little bit differently. Um, and I should probably start to take take some stock in how my body's feeling when I'm doing things because mm-hmm. I run hard. Uh, and that's, the, that's the, the challenge with me is I might be – might not be in the most ultimate shape of my life, but I get things done and I keep that forward motion keeps me out of it. But uh, yeah, that's that's my take on that. What you, what do you got? Am I close? Is yeah, it- you're. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I can uh, add much to what you just said. Um, you know, today's world is a seven by twenty four world. You know, in the, especially in the world you and I live in, where we're we're dealing with technology all all the time. There is always something you know, grabbing, trying to grab your attention, whether it's a work issue, a family issue, or whatever. And what I um, what I try to think about is you know my health um, you know that's a big rock. I read an outstanding quote this morning that was attributed to Thomas Edison. It said your body's there to carry your brain around, and the brain is what matters. And like if you're if you're feeling like shit because you're not taking care of what you're putting in your body or how you're exercising it, that's going to show up uh, in your performance as a human being across every spectrum of your life. Um, the family thing, you totally nailed it. You know, um, that, that should be your refuse, uh, refuge, not refuse. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you got an uncle refuse. Um, <laughs> but, you know, refuge, um, you know, it should be your sanctuary. And you totally nailed it. You know, I've, I've got a, a person or two in my life that are not family that are probably closer to me than family in many ways. And uh, you, you got you to do that. And then however you find your sanity, um, you know, whether that's uh, going out in the woods for 72 hours, getting chased by snakes and uh, bugs or faith or um, hobbies or whatever, you got to find some way to unplug in a way that's meaningful for you. Because, again, if if any three of those legs of the stool, your health fails you, you're not connected with family and friends or you you lose your soul or sanity as you're doing things, it's going to show up in every facet of your life. So it's really important to me. And that's where the, um, uh, I'm not perfect at it. N- nobody is. But like when I think about my day, I want to make sure I hit those big rocks uh, heavier than I actually even hit the job I have. Yeah, that's uh, that's spot on thinking both ways. I think uh, the, the, the uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put a. Uh, I'm going to put a ninth. I'm going to, I'm going to leave number seven for number nine. 
Okay. Uh, And this is what I love to do is I kind of like to change things up as things come to my mind. You know, you've said something a number of times to the team that really has changed my thinking dramatically. And, and, you know, growing up, you you play sports and you want to be the best. You want to be the champion Mm. team. You want to be the whatever. And our Patriots won last night. It is preseason. It's early on. I didn't get to see a single play because I was at casino night with our team and having fun. And then I went over to 42nd Street and had some oysters uh, with a co-worker before racking out to get here early this morning. But I did watch a snippet with Coach Bill Belichick get interviewed. And uh, and, the, and the reporters, the interviewer said, you know, good to get a score towards the end of the, the, the half or something like that. And, and Belichick just says, yeah, we, we didn't do well. We, we only got 38 seconds of good playing time tonight or something like that. Um, and and, and he's, he's said, I mean, Patriots are a championship team, a championship-level mm-hmm. team. But, you know, one of the things that you touch on um, is to, um, to do your best and don't always strive to be the best. And I think yep. that's, that's important for people because that can be such a deterrent. If you set yourself, and I've always said this in sales, I've never competed with anyone other than myself. I've always yep. wanted to do better than my, my yesterday self today. And that's something that I've always challenged myself with because if you compete against somebody in the sales world anyway, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to sell yourself short because you're going to get to that point and beat that person and then let off the gas, or you're going to disappoint yourself because that person is in such a better situation, whether they have a better territory, a better opportunity, more experience, Whatever number of things, it's not two boxes equally sized, equally set, equally placed on a shelf that have the same thing inside of it that you have uh, just as easy a chance. Um, But that's something that you've really kind of talked about a lot. And I think a lot of people need to change that mindset because I see people getting discouraged when they didn't do the best. Uh, and they didn't look at that some, themselves as doing yeah. their best. You'll, you'll always fail if you've yeah. got that mindset. Um, I, uh, uh, I sort of operate with, I want to be the best I can be, better than the, the guy I was yesterday or the guy I was a month before. And if that so end result is that I end up you know, um, being the best in whatever I'm doing at that point, so be it. But I'm competing with myself. Um, so, you know, improving myself, being the best I can be is, is really all I can focus on. I can't focus on how you're pre- preparing for the day or the, the guy down the street. All I can do is focus on me. There's a, a, an Internet um, meme running around where it shows the power of 1% compounded uh, uh, daily over 365 days. If you can improve something 1% a day, um, it actually ends up being a 37x improvement over the course of a year. And that's sort of how I think about, um, you know, how I go about things. If I can just improve something about me 1% from yesterday, uh, the compound impact, uh, you know, will be a big result. And, you know, hey, if somebody else uh, figures out a 2% and they kick my ass down the road on whatever, it's a run or, or a career thing or whatever, hey, hallelujah, great job. You know, I'm I'm impressed. Um, I'm not competing against you. I'm competing against me. Yeah, that's great. And I I give a, an example, and I, I, this is now going to be open to the world to anybody that listens to this that travels. You know, talking about that one percent better finding efficiencies. The biggest thing that I find, which is the most valuable thing, the most wealthy person in the world can never get back is time. Absolutely, that's the most important thing that we have in this world today. And so my one percent better is trying to find time. And, and you, 
there's a million ways you can do it. And this is my example. And now I got a feeling that the car rental lines are going to be longer when I go there. But <laughs> my, what I found over my travel, I travel 100 to 150 flights a year. That's crazy. Uh, and, I, and I'm renting a car 50 to 60 times a year. And what I found myself over the course of the last year or so was I found that I flew about 300 flights. And what would happen is um, after these 300 flights, I would do what everybody else did. I'd get off the plane. I'd have to go to the bathroom. Like you almost always, doesn't matter if you went two minutes before they tell you the seatbelt on. When you get off the plane, for me anyway, I gotta go to the bathroom. I don't know if it's the removal of anxiety, the whatever it is, but I gotta go to the bathroom. But I put that off. I run down <clears throat> to the baggage claim to stand there for anywhere between five and 50 minutes. I don't know which airport you're at or whatever. And you're not alone. You're with every other person standing, staring at this belt trying to will it to move to get your suitcase to come out. Complete unknown. And so I sat there one day, and and uh, I think I was in Anchorage, Alaska. And Alaska's really cool because they actually have a yellow line that's three feet behind the baggage claim. So you're not just standing up front waiting and willing you for your bag, and it's going to be the last one and blocking everybody. And so at least they got some courtesy there. But I'm looked around, and I go, huh, we've been waiting here a while. What if I went to the bathroom when I got off the plane, went over to the rental car line because there isn't one because everybody's standing by the baggage claim, grab my keys, get everything, and when the bag comes out, I can grab the bag, run out to my car, and I don't even need to sit in traffic at the parking garage to depart, and I'm out. So what that action did, which is a very simple action, which is very not genius at all, I found that doing that 50 to 60 times finds me somewhere between 500 and 600 minutes, which totals almost, in some cases, it could be 10 hours of my life that I could find more productive, be on my way, That's get someplace awesome. sooner, do something. So just simple thoughts, simple thinking, simple You gave me an idea for my next trip. Yeah, yeah, all your trips I'm now, that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, staring at that ba- uh, uh, staring at that belt. That belt can't move fast enough for us. Um, so, so I've held the last one for good purpose and good reason because I think this is just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be an ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any more simple than that, but don't be an ass. Uh, you know, there's no reason to be an ass, really, yep. other than, you know, I get it. Sometimes things are just, I, I, I've had some challenges in the last couple of years that have really brought me down, made it difficult. I'm giving me a bad attitude, a bad day. I still do it from time to time. But I'm going to say don't be a constant ass. Um, (laughs) You know, don't be a constant ass. There's a time to pull that club out of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) You got to – occasionally you're going to be an ass, but try to figure out faster, sooner, and don't – try not to replicate and do it over and over again. Um, And and, and furthermore, don't don't be a nice person and be an ass – you know, in disguise, you yeah. know, just think about what it is you're doing. Think about how you're making people feel. Think about how you're feeling yourself. I can remember, again, this is going to be a long drawn out podcast series, I hope with hundreds of episodes, and I'm going to share my life with, with everybody. But there were times in my life that I was bullied and there were times in my life that I was a bully. And I can remember being a bully in mm. an ass and thinking that I felt better, thinking that I was, you know, oh, I did it, I felt so much, so so accomplished or whatever, because I was bullied and I felt terrible about myself and I was giving it back or something. I've never been that upset or that hurt about myself. 
Um, I, I, I can remember the first uh, wake I went to in high school, girl was, was, uh, was killed in, in high school mm. and, um, and she had a sister. And here I am in a very uncomfortable, awkward situation, position, what have you, and going through the wake line for the first time and the sister wakes up, or I walk up to the the sister, and she's sitting, and she looks up, and she's crying, and she says, I never, uh, I would have never expected you here to me. All these people, hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. And and I can remember she said, she went and got her mom, and she said, Mom, this is Josh. He used to pick on me in school when we were kids. Wow, wow. I mean... This was like nine nine years. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, I was I was probably nine years old, ten years old, um, but I was a real ass. Yeah. And I saw her a number of years later, and she came up to me. She said, "I have to apologize." And I said, "No, I'm the one that has to apologize." I had no idea how far-reaching and how bad that that hurt you. Yeah. And wow, that was that was eye-opening mm-hmm. for me. Um, so the 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 things that you do, the things that you say, the way that you act. The and and I and I'm sure I, I'm sure that she wasn't the only one and I and I every day of my life uh, I think about it and I wish I could take it back. The best thing I can do is try to remove the ass from from my life as much as possible and yep. try to do try to do better, pay it forward, and get other people not to fall in the same pitfalls and trenches that I that I did yep. uh, because it's a painful place. So. Don't be an ass. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. It is. Um, well, I'm I'm a um, I'm a recovering assholic myself. <laughs> um, you know, if you would have met me um, 20 years ago, you would have said, "Wow, um, that's a total ass." Now I'm just half-assed now. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, a couple thoughts around that, um, especially as a CEO or or some other areas of my life where I might be a role model. Um, I might not know that person I hopped into the elevator that morning with, you know, everybody knows my face, but I might not know all 650 dudes. And um, I've learned a long time ago that if I'm not present, engaged, nice, um, trying to be thoughtful and listen, that person might not ever get another um, five minutes with me in that elevator for another year. But if I didn't come off as not an ass, that that um, person walks into their group down in sales or client care or whatever. It's like, man, I rode up the elevator with our CEO and what an ass. I, I don't want that at all. The other thing I, I've learned in my life and, and um, uh, you know, it's it's something you read on, uh, you know, books and Internet and all that. But you don't really know what's going on in other people's lives at that moment where they might be being an ass to you and and uh, escalating the situation by being an ass to them back, you know, very rarely works. Um, um, you don't know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe their, their father passed away the week before or whatever. Uh, you just gotta, you know, you gotta walk in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. So, and I, I just say that, um, you know, the dude has probably the highest ratio of nice people um, that I've run into and non-ass people. Um, so, you know, it's a sort of a cool place to be, uh, career wise. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, one of the things that I try to do and, and that you, you touched on is, and we've got 700, uh, great team members here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, one of the things that, that you've done is you've be, you're, you're just a great human, in my opinion, and, mm-hmm. and very easy. And I think it's probably because I don't look at you as CEO Ed, I look at you as, as Ed. And, uh, and, and hopefully this, hopefully people see that and, and learn from this and realize that we're all just people. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, what you touched on was, was something that I, that I'm definitely a point that I missed that needs, needs repeating is, um, just because somebody's being an ass, don't be one back because they yep. do have a story. Everybody has a story. People typically aren't born uh, asses. Yep. There's things that happen in their life mm-hmm. that cause them that, um, and it could escalate and carry. Uh, I'll finish with this story on on the ass story. Here's another one that uh, I share. Is I, I do have some neighbors. Uh, I talk about living in the woods, but I have one neighbor that's been living next to us for the last twenty eight years or so. And for the first 24 years, it was uh, a very bad, tense situation. I mean, police, we'd have to be at the police department and fighting and arguing and all this stuff. And over the last four or five years, I've come to determine that they have, they have their own problems. They got their own uh, issues and things. And, and, uh, last week, uh, the, one of their family dogs, uh, a relative came over and had a big German shepherd and it ran into our yard. I mean, it's so bad that there's no trespass orders against each other and oh all this stuff. I mean, we, we had, we had a pretty good, a pretty good run of, of, uh, of, of neighborhood anger. And, um, so the dog ran over, it was actually in, in our chicken coop. Oh no! Uh, so I was like, "Oh man, Steve this is yes, yeah, oh, Steve, no. Steve the Jerks." Steve the, well, we wouldn't be so upset about Steve the Jerk other than people really like him. But um, I had, an, I had, a, I had, a, I had, a, I had a decision to make. I get mad. Mm. I called police. It was obvious that they were stressed out that the dog was there mm-hmm. and they weren't comfortable coming over. Even though we've had some some dialogue yeah. over the last couple of years, it's still not. Uh, you know, we, we had a, a breaking of bread, if you will, and I just said, "Hey, look, just don't give me the finger when you see me." I'm trying to raise my kids differently, um, and I, I don't. I'm not necessarily need to have more neighbor friends to, to get a cup of sugar or whatever. I go next door to my mom, right. my grandma's house, but I had a decision to make, and I could do all those things to escalate and make the situations harder, or I could try to encourage the dog to go back to where it did. And I'm not saying it because it's me. I'm not saying it because it's awesome. It's just the choice was a choice. the choice was. Look, these people are stressed. They got a lot going on. There's obviously some stuff happening. Let's try to relieve and make it easy. Yep. And so <laughs> this dog was this dog. I was I told Amy this. I would push the dog two steps back, which is saying, "Come on, it's okay." And he'd lunge at me with one step. So thankfully, he didn't take the two steps and come back at me. But uh, got him next door, and and the neighbor who was stressed out and had some other stuff going on because I could hear what was happening a little bit um, looked at me. Uh, and and I was uncomfortable because I wasn't sure if it was going to take some of the anger out on me, and just looked at me and said thank you. Wow! And you know that was that was pretty cool. So even when people are being an ass, you have a choice that yeah. you can either buy into it and do it back, or you could you could just say you know what, there's something going on that's bigger than me. I always refer to it when the sales world, like when you call somebody and they immediately hang up on you, they're not hanging up on you, they're hanging up on something in their life that's Absolutely. so far outside of you. So. Making sure you're not that 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 ass back is uh, is is vitally important. Well, this is going to go down in the history books. It's probably the longest podcast, and I'm okay with it. I hope that everybody listens through the 55 minutes because I think it's phenomenal and having the time with you. Um, and I, I really appreciate your time. You got to get. Uh, we're, we're actually we've, we've just hit eight o'clock. 
Um, so we've been here already for an hour and a half. I think we watched the sun come up over here at the uh, at the galactic headquarters of the dude. Um, but really appreciate your time today. Uh, I would strongly suggest that uh, that that you go out and you purchase Ed's book. Uh, it is full of integrity, character, stories, real life stuff. Um, well, we're I guess we're PG thirteen. Real life shit that you guys are gonna. That you get something out of. It's an easy read. Uh, if if you've got uh, if you got an hour or two hours, even if you're a slow reader, I think I read it in just a couple of hours. I think it's 119 pages or something like that. Uh, go out and buy it. I'll tell you what. Uh, Ten people that listen to my podcast, that listen through the whole thing, that send an email to Josh at BeAwesome.com. I will buy the book, mail it, and ship it to you on me uh, because I think it's that important for you to read. So. Uh, thanks, Ed, for your oh, time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Re- love what you do for uh, the dude, uh, and you know, with the Be Awesome uh, podcast, you know, the, the lives you're touching with this, you're a you're a special one. Thank you, thank you. And I don't know if I said the title of the book, so I just told you go buy Ed's book, <laughs> and you probably don't know how to spell his last name. Uh, so, but it's a solid handshake, and it's Ed Rossich. And uh, in the meantime, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, slow Twitter's up there, uh, getting some followers going with that. Beawesome.com, B-E-A-U-S-M.com, the essential elements to kick an ass. And uh, if you want to email me, josh at beawesome.com, I'd love to hear from you. Any questions, concerns, ideas, uh, hellos, goodbyes, what have you. And in the meantime, remember, if you want to do awesome, you got to be awesome. Have a great day, everybody.